0: Hi, you're listening to the Heidi Ruscio podcast featuring female leaders, creators, and innovators. I'm Heidi, and today's guest is Kaylee Clewine and she has had quite the health journey. She has a blog called Clean Modern Mayhem. She is a nutritionist. And she's a mom to two kids, seven and four years old. She's married to her high school sweetheart. Her mission now is to help you see that healthy eating doesn't have to be boring. You don't have to eat boiled chicken and steamed broccoli for the rest of your life. Her health journey is really interesting. And I think it's something that probably a lot of you relate to because Kaylee, after having two kids, Over a five year period and dealing with a lot of health issues, she really struggled because she looked in the mirror all of a sudden and thought, wait a minute, I don't even know myself. And there's so much more that goes into that, even emotionally. Through that struggle, Kaylee has ended up figuring out a way to live a healthier lifestyle while juggling being a mom and a wife. And Through that healthy lifestyle, she's not only felt better, but she's actually healed her hormones and her digestive system, Think that now she really feels like she's even better than the person that she knew before. Something that you're going to hear Kaylee talk about is postpartum depression, and I know... A lot of you may have dealt with that or know somebody that does. And I'm so grateful that Kaylee was so open and honest and real about her struggle. I think it may encourage you to at least feel like you're not alone. So let's talk to Kaylee. You had two kids and then things kind of just started changing like health-wise. I think that so many people can relate to this feeling of all of a sudden waking up one day and feeling like, I don't feel like myself, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, that's not me. That's yeah. not who I am. What was going on during that time?
1: Uh, it was about eight months after I had my second child. So before all of that, I, I mean, things had been crazy for probably a solid four years with having my first, then going through all that postpartum with her, getting pregnant with my second And then he had some health issues that we were dealing with while I was pregnant, but then also when I had him. And it's weird how, you know, they always say like really hard things like make you stronger. And it's so true. And I don't know why it happened or, but it just made me realize that like I need to show up for my kids and I need Mm -hmm. to take better care of myself. And in turn, obviously, I want to provide for them as well and take, you know, as best care of them as I could. So it was just kind of a, culmination of things like it was just a lot of little things that had added up and it was just kind of
0: I'm sorry Kaylee but I can you share a little bit about a postpartum yeah absolutely so
1: um I got pregnant with my daughter I quickly had some you know Not like crazy complications, but at 12 weeks and my ultrasound, I had placenta previa to where my placenta was covering my cervix. That just automatically made me have to have more ultrasounds. And it was just something that they were watching. And it was also, I couldn't work out. And I was young. I was 24 years old. And I didn't have any friends that had babies. Mm -hmm. All of my friends were just recently getting engaged. So I was the only one that was married. I didn't (sighs) even know what I was doing. Like I was just clueless.
0: That's so scary. It was so
1: scary. And and then they wanted to do another ultrasound at 30 weeks to just check on everything. And I found out that I had low amniotic fluid. So then I was immediately put on really, really strict bed rest. I had to move in with my parents during wow. the week. Couldn't cook my own food. Could only shower, you know, every so often because mm-hmm. they didn't want me standing for long periods of time, exerting any energy. So that just mentally and emotionally, like... Mm-hmm. Wore me out. Oh, like, I'm sure. It sounds like nice for like a week, but not even a week. You're like, no. you know, when you get sick and you're yes. like in bed for two days, you're like, I'm gonna lose my mind. This was eight weeks. Mm. I just like had to read a ton of books because you and this was before like Netflix. Like I didn't even have anything <laughs> oh, gosh, that I could <laughs> like. Yeah, like I didn't even have anything I could like binge watch. Yeah. Like it was TV and movies. Um, and then I just read books all the time. And then I also had to do kick counts all the time because my doctor was like, if she doesn't move ten times in an hour, that means she's, you know, could possibly in, be in distress, and I want you to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I'm spending twenty four hours a day, every hour, counting her movements. She's also breached. she could barely move. Mm-hmm. So it was like, was that ten? Was that not ten? I would, I would wake myself up in the middle of the night to do kick counts because I was terrified that I was going to sleep and wake up and not know that something was wrong. So it was just like. War on me to, like, another level that I didn't even understand then. Like, I get it now, but I had no idea how mentally and emotionally, like, traumatizing that is. Mm -hmm. And then I was hospitalized at 34 weeks because my fluid got so low. I was having ultrasounds every week to check the fluid levels. So I spent my, what was it, my 23rd or 24th birthday in the hospital. Thank God I made it to 38 weeks. I had the scheduled C-section. It was... Absolutely horrible. I didn't realize how bad my C section was with her until I had another one. I felt everything, like, like, and I didn't realize how much I felt that I shouldn't have felt again until I had something to compare it to. Yeah. I was in so much pain. I had an allergic reaction to the anesthesia, so I was, like, vomiting after I had her, and my skin was really itchy. I, like, almost, like, I was, like, to the point where I, like, wanted to rip my nose off. So it was just, like, one thing after the other with everything with the pregnancy. Like, it was just... It was just not good. I'm
0: surprised you even had another kid.
1: Well, the only reason it happened is because we went to Breckenridge for New Year's Eve and there was a lot of things happening that made me like not in my normal frame of mind. Truly, that is the only way that I was going to be able to mentally wrap my mind around it. But she was perfect and she is perfect and she was a great baby and she was so healthy and thank God it was just the pregnancy that sucked that being said, it was extremely traumatizing for me. I had a really hard time basically transitioning back to life because I hadn't even gone to the grocery store in two months. I hadn't driven a car. I hadn't left my house. Like, um, but then the postpartum started setting in, and I started noticing that I was something wasn't right, and that I wasn't feeling right, and um, I was having panic attacks, mm. and I didn't even know what that was. I wasn't somebody that had anxiety or had panic attacks so I didn't know what was happening and I'm so fortunate that I had the best OB. I called her and I explained what I was feeling and she had me come in immediately. She immediately put me on antidepressants. They have a psychologist in their office. She had me set an appointment up with her first thing. They adjusted my medication based on my meeting, my first meeting with her. She gave me a lot of tools. We talked about It was tons of things, you know, it's never just, it was the hormones from the pregnancy and the trauma of everything. And it was postpartum and it was a lot of things, but, you know, I had family stuff going on at that time too. And I lived at home until I got married and I was extremely close with my parents. It was hard for me to like disconnect from that. But once I had a baby, I couldn't still be in that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was me learning how to be an adult, also got married and had a baby. it was just a lot of things. Yeah. And you can totally
0: see why there's panic attacks. Right, exactly. And it
1: was just so much change in yeah. such a short period of time. And that's kind of what she showed me. And it makes you realize like, I'm not incapable crazy. and yeah. I'm not crazy. Yes. This is, it's just a lot of change happened in a really short period of time. And it's just hard to mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. cope with that. Yeah. And I didn't have the tools. I just wasn't, you know, there yet. Mm-hmm. And That on top of all the pregnancy issues and the bed rest, it was just, it was a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I would cry in the morning, like panicking, crying and not wanting him to leave because I was terrified to be by myself with her. Like Mm -hmm. it was a fear I've never felt. And when she would cry is when I would have a panic attack. I would start sweating profusely. Like I've never felt that way in my life. And it was Mm -hmm. so bizarre. It was like this weird biological reaction I was having Mm -hmm. to her cries. Yeah. Yeah. And it just brought this like fear over me that I wasn't able to like cope with. It was it was wild. Mm. The combination of getting on antidepressants and going and seeing her and doing the sessions with her and doing the work. Fortunately, I was able to get off medication pretty quickly. I feel like that just kind of helped like rebalance everything. And then I weaned off of it, but I continued to go see the psych- the psychologist and work through the anxiety and yeah. some of that stuff. Cause it was a lot of other things as it right. always is. And then I decided to go back to work. I was actually a, um, finance major mm-hmm. and I worked in asset management. And so I ended up going back to work when she was, I think she was like eight or nine months old. Okay. I didn't like being at home and I was very isolated. I told you before I lived yes. really far out. And so I was super isolated change jobs. That's a whole nother story. I went to work for a nonprofit. I did that for a while. That's when I got pregnant with Reed. So Amelia was like two and a half years old when I got pregnant with him. My pregnancy with him was totally different. I didn't have any of those complications. Were you
0: just so, like, I want to know that moment (laughs) when you were like, I'm pregnant again. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh crap. It was wild. Like I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, I can't do that again. But they did do an ultrasound. Normally, you don't have an ultrasound at 30 weeks. Yeah. They scheduled an ultrasound with me for Reed at 30 weeks because of my history with my first pregnancy. Sure. That is where they found his kidney disease, hydronephrosis. So if I would have never had that ultrasound, which most yeah. people don't, they would have never found it. Yeah. But that's it sucks to be pregnant and find out that your kid, that your baby inside you yeah. has this. And so we were immediately had to go to a high-risk OB. We already had, he already had a pediatric urologist while he was still in my stomach. So it just transferred from it being issues with my pregnancy with my first one to it being something that was wrong with him, mm. which was a whole nother level of scary. Sure. Terrified me. Right. since I didn't know what was going to happen after he mm. was born. That's what was mm. so scary. It's so weird that I was n- I didn't waver at all. Like I think because I did the work with Amelia, it set me up to be able to handle it. It's crazy. Like as a mom, I think it's like fight or flight, and you just like do it, and you get into the emotions. They monitored it the whole time I was pregnant. Um, I had a, a scheduled C section with him as well, I went into labor on my own, and so I had him a couple days earlier than I was supposed to. Everything was great. It was like the easiest. Wow. It was, I didn't, I feel like it was just like the easiest thing ever. I don't know if it's because I like had contractions and my body was like ready. Yeah. The epidural or the spinal worked perfectly. I didn't feel anything. It was so easy. That was like a godsend. Had him was like, you know, always that normal, like cloud nine thing. And he was a great baby too. And everything was great. He was perfect. Yeah. But I, that, you know, still that lingering. I knew After he was two weeks old, we were going to have to go in and start doing testing to figure out what was the cause of the fluid. Mm. So there's like multiple reasons that you can have hydronephrosis. So they had to do a bunch of tests to rule that out. Basically, from then on until he was two and a half years old, we were constantly having to do renal scans and ultrasounds, a catheter. And they would strap him to a table for an hour in a papoose and take scans while his kidney processed nuclear dye. And we did that, the first one we did that, he was two months old. Oh, my gosh. In the middle of that, that is when I made this, like, huge change. I don't know what it was. Like, I I don't know. It was just me, like, wanting to have better, you know, I just wanted to be the healthiest I could possibly be for him and for Amelia so that I could, like, instill that in them and then also in our family and just our lives. Like, I just knew that I – I didn't wanna feel the way that I was feeling. Yeah. So Well, it's
0: interesting because I think a lot of times when you see somebody else going through a health issue, I I know for me it impacted me tremendously. I mean, my we lost my aunt to breast cancer last summer.
1: It was so hard, but man,
0: it was so impactful in
1: my own health journey. Well, they do say like you don't realize like how important your health is until you don't have it and it's i wasn't personally going through severe health things i had the little things here and there i'd always had like chronic stomach issues and that was a lot of issues that i was dealing with but that was on a whole nother level like seeing your baby in a hospital and hooked up to all these you know needles and ivs and machines and it was just like this is terrifying you know and i can't fix any of that but i can control what i'm putting in my body what I'm putting in his body, that's when I started to really learn about holistic health, whole health, you know, your gut, mm. the health of all of that. Every single thing you put in your mouth that you're eating, you're either you're fighting disease or you're causing it. Like it's yes. one or the other. I had put on weight mm. as most women do when they go through pregnancies, especially when you're laying down for two months and your only joy is to like eat 20 donuts. And sure. um, I had put on a substantial amount of weight and I was the least active I've ever been in my entire life. And I ate like crap. Like I was a true like nineties kid (laughs) that lived off of state farm corn dogs and for roll-ups and Cheetos. Like that was my favorite meal. Swiss cake rolls, Swiss cake rolls, little (laughs) Debbie's like all of it. Like that was my jam processed food.
0: You said that there was a friend of yours that kind of introduced you to a fitness thing. So that kind of started it even before yes. you started
1: with the food, For right? sure. I always laugh at them. I'm like, you guys were probably like, you really need to come work out. <laughs> <laughs> like in a nice way. Yeah. They were like, uh. So I did the first class and I loved it. And it was so fun to do together. It was two of my best friends I'd known both of them since I was 10. So they were they're like my sister. So they, they could have that conversation with me and be like, Yeah, like start caring about yourself, basically. Like they didn't care about my weight or right. what I looked like. And I didn't either. Like I'm I think I was delusional. I don't even think I realized how much weight I had gained because I didn't grow up, thank God, around a mom or anybody in my life that was like did diets or anything. Yeah. So I was really fortunate. I know we've kind of talked about yeah. like that whole Weight Watchers thing. That was like right. mind blowing to me because I did not grow up in that environment. At all, which I'm so thankful for. But I do think I was a little like delusional mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. about my health and how much I had really like not been taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say like let myself go because I think yeah. that's bullshit, but I yeah. just wasn't taking care of myself. Right.
0: It's so interesting, too, to hear that story because I think that for a lot of people, I know for me, I mean, when I go, if I go like two weeks without working out or something like that, then it is so hard to get back Mm -hmm. there. And so I'm so impressed that you're like, yeah, let's just do this, you know, without like having somebody have to drag you or like, let's just start walking for a little bit
1: and then build up. I was terrified. I really thought I might die. Like, I was so scared. I was like, my heart's going to just stop. Like. (laughs) Yeah. Um I haven't done anything like this it was probably like 5 years since I had like even worked out and not in even 5 years I hadn't worked out that intense but and my body like it was like cool like mm. I can do this like yeah. it loved it and it again I think for people a lot of times that's good like for mental yeah health as well and it was an excuse To leave my kids (laughs) for an hour and get out of the house and be around my girlfriends. And so we used to make like a date of it every week, like Wednesday nights. We didn't do it all the time, but we would like go work out late after we would put the kids to bed and then we would go get like sushi and a drink. So it was just this really positive, fun thing for me. I didn't didn't even really feel like working out. Obviously, I started seeing changes and I was like, oh, okay, this is working. Um, So probably about a month in, I was like, I'm spending a ton of time. My husband's making a huge sacrifice for me to be able to do this, so I don't need. I need to like do it. Like I need to start really incorporating the food side of it. Mm. That was way harder than the working out. Way harder.
0: There wasn't anything like health wise or anything that you were that happened with the food stuff. You just thought, okay, wait a minute, I can. I can't keep working out and then still eating the, you know. Well, I've always
1: had like I'd had chronic IBS my whole life. I was in high school and had colonoscopies. They thought I maybe I had Crohn's. I had my entire pregnancy with both of my kids. I had heinous heartburn and acid reflux, which is normal for pregnancy. But I think it was pretty extreme because of my diet and my issues with what I was eating And I had it when I wasn't pregnant too. Like, so I was already kind of in that mindset that I knew that it was something that I was eating. And so, and I, again, like my mom's friend was like a really whole, like she's very holistic and I would talk to her a lot. So I did have little like nuggets that were trying to like show me, but I wasn't ready to hear it. So when I did start eating better and I started seeing those symptoms subside and I wasn't dealing with all of the things that I was dealing with. I was like, hello. <laughs> like, like really? You right. waited. You waited this long.
0: Yes. But I yes. think that's
1: so true for so many people. Like you can't push that on people. No. Like they have to be ready to hear it mm-hmm. or just ready to deal with it. And food is tough. It is, it tough. is
0: tough. And it is overwhelming. It's extremely think about overwhelming. Changing yeah what you eat. And
1: everybody's different. Bioindividuality yes. is everything. What my food it like one person's food is another person's poison. If you ate like I ate, you probably wouldn't feel well and you would probably have side effects from right. it or something.
0: Like some people can do beans, some people can't. Right, I
1: can't. Like yeah. there's and I wish I could. I'm like I get it. Like I'm not like I don't like to bash food groups mm-hmm. because I just think that that's a slippery slope. It's just like that is what works for my DNA. Like mm-hmm. there's I there's no like way around it unfortunately. Right. So so what was your
0: game plan with clean eating? The
1: food was very small like <laughs> it, it was like a 2 week pro like it was like all right, I'm going to do this for 2 weeks. That's all I could wrap my mind around. Yeah. Like so it was not overnight. It was not easy for me. So I just started trying to like cut things out and see how I felt and started listening to my body, but it was almost like day by day to be mm-hmm. honest. Like I was like I can do this for a day. Yeah. And then a day turned into a week, and then a week turned into a month, and then it just became habitual. It And, and then, obviously, I started seeing crazy results. My body was responding to the workouts. Switched to a more, you know, like veggie, protein, fat-based diet, mm-hmm. cut out a lot of almost all processed food. So, I mean, you those two combined, like right. you're going to – See some pretty crazy results mm-hmm. so I mean I was within six months I had lost I think like 50 pounds like wow. and I didn't tell you there's a whole nother piece to my health too I um I was on birth control for a really long time and I got off of it to get pregnant with my daughter in the process I had a, I started getting like really bad cysts, ovarian cysts, and I had one rupture before I got pregnant with her so it ruptured and then I got pregnant with her like a couple months later I was I went to the hospital it was horrible and then I continued to have them. I think I had a cyst while I was pregnant with her. Like they oh would see gosh. it on my right ovary while I was pregnant with her. So I was always having like chronic chronic cysts and hormonal imbalances. Mm-hmm. Then I actually had one get really, really big after I had read. I think it was honestly the same one. It was always on my right ovary. And it was like the torsion where it started twisting. And I went to the hospital like – it was like two days before Christmas. So I also had that side of it. I had a lot of the hormonal imbalances that at the time I didn't understand was completely and hundred percent related to my diet. Really? So when I started eating differently, this is what has been a game changer for me is when I started eating this way, it stabilized my hormones and it went away. Wow. So like, you haven't had no cysts. No, I went in for a checkup. My OB wanted to see my cyst because she's like, it's to a point to the size that we might have to remove it because it could damage your ovary. And so I went in for an ultrasound and she's like, it's gone. Like, I don't, it's not there anymore. It was huge just by figuring out what worked for my body. And then we could get into like the super technical side of things, but it's mostly like causes of insulin, like PCOS Mm -hmm. is insulin resistance. And the way that I was eating was keeping my insulin levels super, super, super like just straight lined the entire time. I wasn't getting a lot of the ups and downs and the crashes and spikes from the way I was eating before, which was very like sugar ridden um, from processed foods, right. processed carbohydrates. I always say sugar sugarholic because I don't like to say carboholic because I can't stand like the negative feelings against carbs because yeah. it's like complete BS, right. like 90% of what I eat are carbs. Yeah. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. they're just different carbs. Sure. You have to qualify them, you yeah. know, they're not all the same. So it was just like a very like sugary diet that was causing me to have like severe hormonal imbalances. Mm-hmm. So got rid of the acid reflux, the heartburn, the IBS, the PCOS, cysts rupturing nightmare, mm-hmm. all of that. Gone. That's amazing. And define clean eating.
0: What that means?
1: So clean eating is just basically as minimally processed as hum- like rare your rawest form of food is okay. how I like to think of it. That's my perception of it. And I know that term gets thrown out a lot, and I do think that it has almost become part of diet culture, which yeah. I hate. Mm. But I just like to think of it as like kicking it old school, like just back to the basics. If you don't know what it is, if you can't pronounce it. If, you know, you're, you you can not like mm-hmm. see it or create it yourself or grow it, then we shouldn't be eating it. Yeah. Like if it wasn't alive, like it wasn't in the ground, mm-hmm. don't eat it. Mm-hmm. It's just not good for you. Right. Our bodies don't know what to do with it.
0: And if somebody was to say, okay, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I want to start eating more clean. I don't know if I could totally go all out right from day one. Yeah. Where's a good place for somebody to start?
1: I always tell people, and like I have a few clients that I, because I ended up going to school for integrative nutrition because I just loved it so much and I wanted to know more. And so I do have a couple clients and what I always tell them, I always say pick one thing and okay. do that really, really well. For example, added sugar. Mm-hmm. There's added sugar to everything. I mean, your jar can of roast, fire roasted tomatoes, mm-hmm. unnecessary. That doesn't do anything, you know? So yeah. if you're making a chili, you're like, Perfect this is great. Well, now you're eating, you know, 10 grams of sugar in your chili. That's Mm -hmm. unnecessary. Like I'd rather you eat a cookie because then at least you're getting a cookie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So just focus on that. Read your labels. That alone will cut out so much of your processed food because if you make like a deal with yourself, like I'm not going to eat anything that has added sugar that will cut out like 75% of food. Okay. And then you'll start being more, you know, aware of things and aware of your ingredients and you'll start reading labels and that is huge. And there are now so many amazing brands that have realized that, you know, that this is not a good thing, that mm-hmm. all of the sugar is not good for us. Yeah, so just something simple like that or just mm-hmm. adding the thought of crowding out. If you add more of something, you're going to eat less of the other thing. Mm. So just adding more vegetables, more fiber. If you add more of those foods, you're not going to be hungry to eat all the other processed stuff. I love that term
0: crowding out because I've been trying to figure out how do I um, – a good term – even the way I look at my health stuff, I don't Mm -hmm. ever count calories, but what I started to do and I'm so busy. So sometimes it's really hard, but what I focused on doing is like, okay, I'm just trying to get at least nine cups of like vegetables every day. in, And that's a lot. And if I can do that, then it's been a good day. Yeah. Um, And now there's some days that I don't, but I always try to do it. And if I know it's a crazy day, then I will like blend those suckers in the Vitamix Exactly.
1: And just (laughs) suck
0: it down. stuff them all in there and get what I can get. But it's been such a great shift for me to think more of like, okay, let's fill my self like right. crowd. What did you say? Crowding crowd- out. Crowding out. So Love you're that just term. basically
1: like smothering the bad stuff yeah. with the good.
0: <laughs> because I hate the feeling of like I can't have. That's this. the thing. It takes away. It
1: takes away from the focus of being what you can't have, mm-hmm. and it puts all the emphasis on things that you can have, and that's mm-hmm. adding in instead of taking away. Yes. So if I'm like, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this, you're going to leave and be like, well, that's really depressing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like, I want you to start eating this, and I want you to try this, and I want you to mix this together and I want you to make this. You're like, oh, that's so exciting. I get to try new things. Like it's all mental. Mm -hmm. Any, everything is mental, right? It's all habitual and it's all mental. Mm -hmm. And once you do something for so long, then it just becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. So it's also crowding out the not so favorable habit habits with the better habits. Like I used to like to drink every night. Like I didn't drink excessively, but it's not necessary and it's not good for my body to like consume things, you know, consume alcohol on a regular basis. So I would just have a cup of hot tea and that sounds super lame, but it's, it was just a habit. Yes. It wasn't yeah. like I'm doing anything. So why not? Just yeah. And it was when I was it. cooking, I like to like drink while I'm cooking. Mm. So like, I'll just have tea or I'll like pour sparkling water in a wine glass. Like yeah. it's just that habitual yes. act. Yeah.
0: Is there a good clean sugar substitute? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of different in the wellness and health world. Mm. So, uh, you know, something that's really big right now is keto and keto. Um, has its place, and I think it works really well for certain people. Again, the bio bio individuality thing. Um, it's great for people with disease or stuff like that. But it uses a lot of like synthetic sugars, which I'm personally not a fan of because and
0: synthetic sugars are like like the, like
1: stevia. And okay, some people be like, it. "Well, that's from a plant," but I'm like, "Yeah, but it's been like chemically derived. Like it's uh-huh. been pulled. You know what I, I mean?" See. Or like the it's that one that's like xerithritol. Or, oh, yes. There's a couple yeah. of them that you that are like approved on the list of keto that are a yeah. sweetener. I personally, it's just my thought process that if I'm going to eat something sweet, I want it to be like maple syrup or honey, like natural occurring. Yes, it has a lot of sugar in it for sure. Maple syrup has a lot of sugar, but my body knows what it is. It knows exactly what to do with it. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should eat it all the time, but I feel like tricking your body into like eating something that's sweet but then it's not actually sweet right is very confusing it is yeah. so, like just eat the sugar yeah My And body does like that <laughs> it's like girl rude yeah exactly rude. like just go for it you yeah. know and then do better or you know you'll feel you'll feel like crap and sometimes yeah. it's worth it yeah you know like there's days that I go to whole foods and I'm standing in the line and there's those humongous like chocolate chip cookies and I'll just eat like three of them and I literally feel like I'm gonna throw up and I'm like well Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. You know, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, you just got to relinquish the the guilt. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I think that a lot of people are probably going, okay, yeah, but if I make this change, that's one thing, but I have to get my whole family on board because can't be making two different meals. So how did that work out? Well, my
1: kids didn't really have a choice. Okay. (laughs) I am like a firm, like (laughs) I'm pretty hardcore when it comes to that stuff. I'm like, I'm the parent, you're the child, you don't grocery shop. So this is what you're eating, you know. But I'm not like a huge stickler on food with them. I like it. I don't want to create any negative feelings for them with food. I don't demonize food with them. If they want to eat it, that's fine. But I explain to them, they're old enough now, especially Amelia. She's seven. I can explain to her why those things aren't ideal to eat all the time. I tell her she can have it and and she'll eat it. But in doing that, my kids don't glorify those foods yeah they'll be like I want a cupcake I'm like okay have a cupcake they eat a bite of it they're not like oh I never get cupcakes and then they eat the whole entire cupcake in five seconds because they're like I've never had it I don't ever get cupcakes I'm gonna eat as many as I possibly can Mm -hmm. I've never demonized food with them I just explain to them like the benefits of food my daughter's super scientific so she loves that kind of stuff like (laughs) I tell her like things that it's good for her and like mm. this is really good for your brain and this is what makes you see really good and so I explained like the scientific behind it. Reed was so little when I made this change. So he doesn't know any different. He was only eight months old when I okay. like really shifted our lifestyle. Just became part of our lives. Like it wasn't we didn't think about it any differently. Yeah so again baby steps, especially for you know your family and your kids, because kids are tough, especially if they're a little bit older and they're kind of set in their food ways, but I think explaining it to them and honestly cooking with your kids will change everything. Mm -hmm. And same for your husband. We cook together. Like Ryan and I always cook together. Whenever I first started this change, we wouldn't cook our meal until the kids went to bed and it's different now because they're older. So we like to eat together, but they were so little and we would cook together and it was our time and it forced him to like understand, you know, foods as well. And we kind of did it together instead of me being in complete control of it and then just being like, you have to eat this. Right. So it's almost like you got to treat men like children. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I like But kind that. of like make it a process together, you know. Yeah. So yeah, whenever my kids cook, they will try so much more than mm. if I just make it. Interesting. And especially while we're cooking, like they'll be like, what is this? This looks weird. And they'll yeah. just sit there and start eating it. So, really, by the time you make it, you're like, they don't even have to eat it. They've right. already eaten half of it, you know? Sure. So, I know not everyone can have a garden, but growing your own food. My kids will eat anything if we grew it. If I bought it at the grocery store, like, I, I, if I bought Brussels sprouts at a grocery store, my kids wouldn't eat them. I grew them in our garden. They stood out in our garden and ate them off the plant.
0: Why do you think that is? I think
1: it's our human nature. Huh. I think it's it's biologically embedded in us. Like, that's how we, I like, I get so, like crunchy granola about that kind of stuff but it's like how we were made to naturally be Mm -hmm. so it just feels right Mm -hmm. there's just something about like standing in the dirt and digging around in it and then seeing something come to life and then eating it like it's just so much more it's just very rewarding yeah and you appreciate your food a lot more right and they do right they see how hard it is
0: so what did you do about halloween is this like oh i just let them go Oh, okay. yeah. And I've, then do you let them just have a little bit yeah. every night or...
1: I mean, if they want to eat all of it in one sitting, I'm like, go for it. But okay. they don't. They don't eat, Honestly, they haven't touched their Halloween candy in probably two or three days. And it's sitting out. They can reach it. They can get to it. I don't restrict them of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, because I just see what kind of pattern that creates. Mm-hmm. And I just don't make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, hoard it or hide any of it. I just... Cause it's once a year, yeah. like that's not going to do anything. And I know that they had a really good breakfast and they had a good lunch that I packed them. And so if they eat three Snickers bars for snack, you know, it's yeah. not the end of the world. Yeah. They're not doing that every day. Mm-hmm. So I just don't really make a big deal about it. I don't really.
0: Do you apply that same kind of mindset to the holidays?
1: Yes, a hundred percent. The holidays are hard for me mm-hmm. because I truly get sick from foods. Especially dairy, so and you know, holiday foods are butter, charcuterie and cheese boards, and charcuteries, <laughs> yeah. and I love a charcuterie board. Yeah. And I love cheese, like yeah. I, lo- it's like my favorite food. But I, can- I cannot eat it; it makes me so sick. But sometimes I do, and I just have to deal with the repercussions. Like I have to take heartburn medication because I know I'm going to be sick or I'm going to be on the toilet. Like I think the holidays can cause a lot of like, you know, food anxiety and food fear. And for me, I just try to like I just decide. I'm like, I'm either going to eat this and I'm going to feel horrible and I'm going to deal with it or I'm not going to eat it. Like it's a choice and I don't really Sometimes I choose to eat it and sometimes I don't. Yeah. I do try to like like the day of Thanksgiving, I think it's always like really hectic, even like Christmas day and you're cooking. I do try to eat like a really good breakfast and I load mm. up. Like I'll eat like a very like large like bowl or salad or like a nourish bowl with a ton of veggies and a good like lean protein that way when we do get to like the Thanksgiving meal I'm not because I feel like everybody just doesn't eat until the meal oh, it's so
0: true yeah, and then you're you just wait. ravenous and you're yes. like
1: your eyes are bigger than your stomach and your plate is so full and you're just mm-hmm. ill like you just afterwards you're like oh my god yeah so yeah I try like that has helped me a ton That's a great idea. So kind of the same principle as like crowding out. It's like if I've eaten all of this stuff and I know that I've gotten like all my really good veggies, then I'm less hungry and my body is not like, oh, I need all this food. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll just have a little bit of this here and there. Thankfully, there are really good like substitutes for stuff. So if I'm cooking the food, then I will still use ghee instead of butter. I won't put cheese in it. I'll use coconut milk instead of cream. But if I'm hosting people, I don't want people to have to eat. It's not as good. Butter is delicious and cheese is great. Yeah. Like you can't, there's no substitute for cream. Mm -hmm. There's just not. So I don't want other people to feel like they have to eat the way that I eat. I don't like to force that upon people. So I just suck it up. Yeah. Just wear a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I love it. Kind of. That's going to be the quote. (laughs) Just wear a diaper.
0: Just wear a diaper. It's (laughs) okay. It happens once a year. (laughs) Yeah. So, you
1: know, but it's it's wild. I didn't, I never really like thought about it. I spent, Christmas Eve, we my whole family's from Kansas, and the tradition was to have beef stroganoff, which is sour cream and cream, and it's just so rich, and it's so delicious. Um, and then we would go to Midnight Mass. No lie, I spent the entire time of Midnight Mass in the bathroom, oh. like all the time. So when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's not worth it to me. Mm. But not everybody has those kind of like allergies or sure. food intolerances. yeah. So the way I have to deal with it would be a little bit different for somebody that doesn't have that kind of reaction. So it's Mm -hmm. like, enjoy it. Like, yeah, have fun, drink and be merry. When you start
0: to feel really great from eating clean, you realize how bad it feels. How bad you felt. Yeah. Eating the other
1: stuff. And it's way easier to stay motivated. It's kind of like the whole thought is like, if you can get past that and start to feel good, Mm -hmm. then it's easy. Yeah. It's way easier it doesn't cause like a spiral. You know, I think some people, if it is so restrictive, then they do get a little bit of it. Then they like spiral into like, you like keep anything from anybody. They're going to want it more.
0: Right. Well, and I also think that sometimes when my body feels icky, I don't want to treat it well. Uh, Screw screw it. it. I already feel
1: like crap. I might as well. Which is such um, a bad thought process. It is. And it's also, I mean, a lot of that stuff is is biological and you you think that it's just you your thoughts, but so much of how we think affects our gut. And so much of our gut affects how we think. It's connected. And our stomach is our second brain. And so when your stomach's out of balance, so is your mind. And so that's where a lot of people will have severe anxiety or you know you can control a lot of that stuff with the health of your stomach. Mm -hmm. So it may truly be Biologically, like you're in a funk because you just your stomach's not right, Mm. and that you know they say I think it's eighty-five percent. Don't it's not probably a direct quote, but I think (laughs) like I think it's like eighty-five percent of your serotonin is in your stomach. Yeah. So if that's all out of balance, and the lining of your guts out of whack, and your microbiome and all your bacteria and all of that stuff is completely out of whack, you're not gonna think well, and you're not gonna be clear on your thoughts, and you're not gonna feel happy, and you're not gonna wanna treat yourself well. You're just gonna be like. Right. Like death. Yes, totally. Yeah. So it's all works together. Yeah.
0: Well, Kaylee, thank you so much yes, for sharing your so story welcome. and uh, your thank tips. And I, I will say that you guys, if you follow Kaylee on Instagram and then on her blog and website as well, because she posts some really great tips, even on her Instagram that I've learned a lot. I mean, stuff yeah. like, just like cutting an onion, you know, it's I a learned a lot changer, from man. her and um, she makes really cool lunches for her kids. I think are super creative. Yeah, and they're fun. So, so follow Kaylee and thank yeah. you so much. Kaylee. Thank you for, for having me. Having me That's in here so